Hello, Ditch Diggers listeners. A couple of weeks ago, okay, over a month ago, I had Ursula Vernon on the show to fill in for Matt, and then I never actually got that audio out. And then we did one at the beach, and so this one's just kind of hanging out somewhere in the middle. So I'm going to bring that to you now. It is me and Ursula Vernon, Ditch Diggers, Season 8, Episode 9? Sure, we'll say it's 9. And ain't no one if he's here With some not so nice advice So you're writing career To be clear No punches will be pulled But the punch may be spiked How they like before they get on the mic To my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty And if I piss her off Believe me she'll come after me And her co-host Matt Evan Wallace On the right Yes she may be half as hype As she could take him in a fight So settle in folks Buckle in and boot up Time to meddle in a way To make your writer shut up It's hard work But the perk is that It's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there When you're done writing Ditch Diggers Hi, everybody. If anybody actually showed up, because I can't blame you if you didn't, because I said I was streaming, and then I said I wasn't streaming, and then I said I was streaming again. Because I, uh, Matt is sick, unfortunately. Uh, get well soon, Matt. We love you. And I was unable to get a co-host. And frankly, I just got back from uh, driving to and from Boston over a series of not a lot of days, and so I'm still a little frazzled. So I thought, well, I can't fight anybody, I'm not gonna carry this alone, and so I'll cancel. And then Ursula's like, I missed this text, I'm so sorry, I could be ready at 12.30! I'm like, alright, we should probably do that, so. I, I should mention, I sent that text at 12.09, <laughs> so uh, Murr really, really, really did kind of come through in the pinch, yeah. Was it? 12.09? Wow. Okay, I don't even see that. Uh, no, I just happened to look at the clock when I when I sent it. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Wow. So anyway, um, Ursula is very kind to stand in for Matt. We hope Matt's doing better. I have a camera set up. We have a topic, sort of. Um, we do. Yeah. I am hoping we can carry. Yes, we can carry. We can carry anything. We can gab on about anything for an hour it's true but numbers ninja is home which is great and in the chat for at least a little while um until uh she's got a one o'clock appointment so um anyway also it's very warm in here summer came over the weekend i it really did it came in boston too the day we were moving out is like the first 80 plus degree day they had I think so it was a lot um anyway the people who showed up after getting multiple mixed signals um okay Kimmy's here Preby's here and Shards is here welcome guys I'm so glad to have you um all right any or anything you want to say before we officially officially get started Ursula uh I'm not wearing a bra because I love you but not that much Okay. Figuring out who is worth a bra is some uh, <laughs> math that I did over the pandemic, and not a lot of people measured up. Well, see, I would have put one on, but I didn't put one on this morning because I thought I was just sitting in the garden mm -hmm. and writing today, and then I had like 11 minutes or 21 minutes or whatever it was, mm -hmm. and it was pizza or bra, and pizza wins every Oh, time. yeah. Clearly. Yeah, pizza. Pizza wins over bra. I'll put that down for the show notes. Um, <laughs> pizza greater than bra. Okay. That's the Pokemon matchup they never tell you about. That's true. That's true. All right. <clears throat> hey, Christian writing. All right, so we're going to get together with Ursula Vernon, pinch hitting for a sick Matt. Matt, get well soon. Welcome, Ursula. And we're going to be talking about uh, which one is your favorite baby? Uh, it's a metaphor. Baby means book. On season eight, episode seven of Ditch Diggers. And that's the preview thing. Excellent. And coming to you live from the very, very attractive outdoor Ditch Diggers garden, 
Uh, it is the Ditch Diggers, Mer Lafferty, and Ursula Vernon guest hosting for Matt. Uh, I hope you don't mind. We have c commanded that your uh, your garden be the official Ditch Diggers garden, Ursula. I hope you don't mind. I am I am honored. My garden will be the official Ditch Diggers garden. I I will put up a small sign. Excellent. A plaque. A plaque. Ooh, a plaque. That's exciting. Yeah. Anyway, so I am coming off of a very long trip to pick up my moderator, Numbers Ninja, from school. And so I'm a little tired and frazzled. And uh, I was going to cancel the stream, but Ursula said she could be on. And so we decided to do it. Yes, insert theme song here. We got the theme song coming uh, for the recorded people. Um, I don't know if Devo Spice has uploaded Ditch Diggers to the internet to be sold. Which is why uh, John Anilio has for I Should Be Writing, which is why I can't play I Should Be Writing on YouTube, even though he wrote it for me, I paid him, and it's my theme song. And it's not John's fault. I'm not, I'm not denying him the ability to sell the song, just... YouTube is draconian about things. It's ridiculous. But, uh, so yeah, I haven't even tried to put a theme song on Ditch Diggers. Maybe I should. Um... This does lead to a useful thing, though. If you ever want to disrupt a protest because the Nazis are in your town, uh, play Let It Go on a boombox in the background, and they can't <laughs> upload any videos. That will come down so fast that, like, it will tear the shingles off the roof. That is amazing. I love, I love uh, alternate means of warfare. That's awesome. Um, so we've already learned something and we're only two episodes, <laughs> two, two minutes into the episode. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things in publishing. Um, I put down here that I hated two-factor authentication and I needed to talk about that. And I don't really, it's just already running late, trying to get everything ready for the stream and then realizing I had to log on, go through multiple two-factor authentications just to send Ursula a link was cranky making, but it's still necessary, so set it up and grit your teeth and move on. Okay, so uh, what I wanted to talk about was the Daily Dracula, which is a brilliant idea where you can sign up to get um, just one of Jonathan Harkness's, uh, it's, it's not even a chapter a day, it's one uh, journal entry a day, and you're reading Dracula in bite-sized portions, and apparently, according to Numbers Ninja, a lot of people who've never read Dracula are reading Dracula now, which is awesome. And yeah. I, I will add, uh, if you are reading Dracula that way, or just like it, uh, you can follow Real Jonathan Harker on Twitter, which is Real J Harker. And uh, I know this because... Uh, my cousin-in-law uh, is the one who runs the account, and it is hilarious tweeting from uh, uh, Jonathan Harker with things like, it's been a crazy couple of years, and part of me feels like nothing should surprise me anymore, but I didn't have vampires on my bingo card for 1897. <laughs> on the one hand, if I stay in Dracula's castle, I might get killed and eaten. On the other hand, if I leave, I'll definitely get fired, and I have student loans, so emoji. Right. It's worth the follow. That's awesome. And I'm sorry, I get people's names wrong all the time. This is why I, I panic about getting names wrong when I'm interviewing people. Luckily, I know you well enough to know your name. Both oh. of them, also. If, you, if you're new to Ditch Diggers or new to either of us, uh, Ursula Vernon writes Ursula Vernon books as, well, no, Children's books as Ursula Vernon, adult books as T. Kingfisher. So Sometimes uh, there's some bleed over. T. Kingfisher has written some books that are, uh, let us say the author thought they were for children and the editor thought the author was off her nut. So. Well, you know, uh, I think the best children's book authors are people without kids because once you get kids, you start to worry and be protective. And I'm sure there are plenty of authors out there who um are just fine parents but uh I, i'm not one of them I, I i will say it was much easier uh, i could not write the children's books when uh my two stepsons were home when they were kids because when they were home i had to be the adult 
and uh, I had to be in adult headspace and say things like, we do not put our dirty socks on the windowsill. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, not even with his feet in them, just he would leave his dirty socks on the windowsill. What the hell? Uh, it's uh, a flat surface. I don't know. Yeah, I know. And so I could only write the Dragon Breath books on the weeks that Kevin did not have custody. <laughs> uh, so because then I could go back to remembering being a kid, but I, it was like I had to be jammed into adult headspace while they were there. Right. Although there, there is one uh, scene from one book that is taken verbatim from a conversation I listened to the two have where uh, they are talking about video games and how uh, one of uh, Danny's really annoying cousin, like, uh, says, uh, like, sings the funeral march really fast whenever he dies in a video game. And uh, I overheard this while I was painting the room next to them and was thinking, you know, if the oldest turns around and strangles his younger brother after doing that 20 times, I have to stop him, but no <laughs> jury in the world would convict him. <laughs> yes. Yes. Awesome. Anyway, sorry, getting off topic already. Go that's on. Fine. Uh, thank you for the follow, Jabberwocky Pie. Welcome. Um so yeah, that's the Daily Dracula. Uh, I don't have a link. I should put a link in the show notes. Numbers Ninja, if you can grab a link and put it in the chat, that would be great. Um, I am trying to catch up. I, I just joined yesterday or day before, and uh, I have to catch up because it's, it's real time because Dracula starts on May 3rd. So it started, the Daily Dracula started May 3rd. If you want another way, you can read a um, classic piece of liter of, of American literature that's, no, not Dracula's, not uh, English literature, I should say, English language literature. I'm going to come in again. If you want another <laughs> way to read a book considered a classic by lots of old white men, um, the, the whole of Moby Dick is inside the game The Longing. The Longing is a weird game. It's a game where you are you play this sad little minion-y creature whose king or god or something has gone to sleep for 400 years. And you've been told to wait. And so what you have open to you are wandering around his underground uh, realm and reading. And so... One of the things you can do while re reading speeds up time. So it's like the goal is to get to day 400, I think. There might be another goal. I don't know. I stopped playing because it made me mad. Um, it's a very patient thinking game. You can't run. There's no... Uh, there's no combat. There's nothing to fight. You just You're just exploring. What pissed me off was I don't have a good sense of direction and the map... You have to find the map, and the map is, like, in a certain place. So once you find the map, the map's there, but you still have to go to it to look at it. And um, I found a tool that was hard to find in the game, and the first time I used it, it broke, and that really pissed me off. But I'm getting off topic. If you like cerebral games, um, one of the little tricks is while you read during the game, you speed up time. And it has a variety of, it's got some poetry, it's got some uh, fairy tales, and it's got all of Moby Dick. So uh, I had thought it would be fun to stream it and just read Moby Dick over the stream, but I realized that would not be fun for a lot of people, including me. But uh, it is amusing you know, how... dramatic reading to, uh, to make that work. Yeah. But see, it's just going to piss me off because every time I hear people talk about Moby Dick... They don't seem to talk about the homosexuality of it, and they don't seem to talk about the fact that Ishmael was downright suicidal in the first chapter. And those are two big things, and they bother me that nobody ever talks about them. And so I would read the first chapter um, and complain about the suicide thing, and then I would read the chapter where he meets Queequeg, sleeps with him with Queequeg's legs around him and then Queequeg says yes in my culture we're married now and talk about how yeah that's gay so why aren't people talking about Moby Dick as a gay book I don't get it so yeah um all I know about Moby Dick is that my mother tried to read it to me when I was small because she thought I was you know too intelligent for the trashy books I was reading she meant well she has apologized <laughs> 
And uh, she was determined that I would read classics instead of Star Trek novels and Dragonlance books. And so she uh, tried to read uh, Moby Dick aloud to me at night. This must have been before Dragonlance because uh, the problem was I started crying because I was worried the whale wouldn't be okay. Mm -hmm. And she gave up. Yeah. Yeah, the thing here here's your here's your parenting advice for the day that which I know you come to ditch diggers for. Um if your child is reading above their level, as in they can understand words and read long words and have a good vocabulary, it doesn't mean they want to. So, um yeah, we we, we realize that with yeah. If there's something they're enjoying reading, for, just be delighted that they are reading. Yeah. Unless it is, you know, Mein Kampf or something. Yeah. Then, okay, yeah, get in there. But uh, if they want to read, you know, what was the the great line? Uh, prisons are not full of kids who read Goosebumps. Prisons are full of kids who weren't able to read. Yeah. So, you know, whether, you know, their teachers somehow taught them reading was an instrument of torture or they didn't get the the help they needed for reading uh, vision issues or what. Anyway, sorry, this is a particular high horse of mine and I will step off it now. <laughs> okay, yes. Encourage your kids to read no matter what. No, no, whatever, whatever whatever they want to read is cool. It's good. Reading graphic novels count. Yes, graphic novels definitely count. Um, and reading is good. We're big fans because we're authors and this is Ditch Diggers. Uh I've been thinking about something and that I'm trying to finish a book and uh, I'm trying to promote two books. I have a novella coming out with Audible later this month and I have a novel coming out in October where I am just now starting to talk to the marketing people at um, the agency who represents me and so it's a weird thing. And so Ursula suggested something else to me when we were talking about what we were going to do the show about. So Ursula, if you want to tell that part. Uh, I was, I was uh, uh, thinking uh, what to do when the book is kicking your ass. And I suggested this because I am currently writing a book that is kicking my ass. But ironically, uh, Murr very wisely suggested we fold this into the larger topic because I am also trying to simultaneously promote two books while finishing this book. Yeah. Because publishing is like that, and the book that you are promoting is usually a book you finished two years ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the I remember, I think it was Stephen King, it's an interview decades ago, where you know someone's asking him, which one of your books is your favorite? And he's like, the one I'm working on now. How can it not be? How can you not work on a book that's your, it's like, while you're writing it thinking, yeah, this wasn't as good as The Stand. Your readers might think that, but while it, you know, getting passionate about the book you're writing is kind of important. And I don't mean... Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong, because every time I write a book, I am like, this is the worst thing I have ever written. My ancestors are shamed. My readers are going to look at it and go, oh my God, did she have a stroke? Yeah, so... but you keep going. See, that's the thing. It's like there's something in you that does think it's good because you keep going. Um, I think everybody has that. Deadline and is terribly afraid of disappointing my editor. That too, that too. But I, I get the feeling, I have this weird, weird, um, like, it feels like a slap. Because when I read something and I think, that's really good. I'm proud of that. My next thought automatically is, they're gonna hate it. And I could be thinking of agent, editor, readers, whatever, but... Like, when I read something that I'm proud of, I'm like, oh, God, that's absolute shit. So it's going to be terrible. Which, uh, you know, I think is just a self-esteem problem for me. But uh, so what are you promoting and what are you writing, Ursula? Well, I am promoting... Uh, what the hell? Nettle and Bone. That was the name of the book that I wrote that came out... Uh, it's the 16th, uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, the USA Today and Indie Booksellers bestseller. Yes. Nettle and Bone. It, only for one week, and it was number 93 on the USA Today, but still, I'd never cracked the USA Today list before, so I was really, really proud it of it. It counts. And, oh, yeah, yeah, no. I, Dude, I'm getting the, the tramp stamp that says bestseller in Klingon, you know, tattooed on my ass tomorrow. No, I'm not, really. I'll drive uh, you. 
I mean, Ursula's driven me to tattoos before, so I just, you know, I owe you. I'll I'll take you for the yeah, bestseller yeah. Klingon tramp stamp. I don't know if I want bestseller written on my ass. That that I, I there's so anyway. much to unpack here, Ursula. I'm sorry. <laughs> Because I thought you would think I don't want a tattoo on my ass or I don't want Klingon. But no, you, you, it's like, do you want another Klingon phrase on your ass? Would you take bestseller elsewhere? I mean, where, where's the deal breaker in that sentence? Bestseller. Okay. You know, that seems trashy. So Klingon, like best lover in Klingon tramp stamp or on your ass, um, would no, be. no, it would, it would be, it's Klingon, so it wouldn't say best lover, it would be like, honor to you and your thrusting. Sorry, was this supposed to be? No, uh, it's okay. dish jiggers. <laughs> you, 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 you have that, that, <laughs> I have nothing to say to this response, and I, I, yeah, okay. If I was as clever as you, I would carry the joke, but I'm just gonna sit back and listen, and, and enjoy it, and I gotta write it down for the show notes, so honor okay. to you and your thrusting. I, I mean, the person who's gonna see it is mostly my husband, so, Does he uh, speak Klingon? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Okay, we're gonna need, um, I only know one Klingon linguistic person, and- uh, I know a couple on Twitter uh, okay. who, who translated, uh, uh, tonight we die with honor for me, so I can say oh, it. Oh, that's it, cool. Yeah, because uh, uh, it was pointed out that saying tonight we die like men is, is sexist, mm -hmm. and, uh, or, or it was, no, tonight we lose like men. And I uh, wanted something that still conveyed that very, you know, oh, tonight we lose yes. like warriors so that I could say it to you at the Hugo loser, at the Hugo, you know, reception. Did uh, you speak Klingon to me at the reception? I did not because I didn't think of it until this year. So I was going to do it at the Worldcon reception this year, but then I'm not going. So I'll just text it to you uh, if I can figure out how to make my phone do the dicritical mark. No, I'm anyway, sad. Anyway, uh, we have broken yeah, so several people involved. in chat. Yes, uh, bestseller. Uh, not currently <laughs> tattooed on my foot. That is possibly the best tangent I've ever been on. It's like a roller coaster. Uh, yay! Yay. Okay, go on. The, the, the bestseller, yeah. not in Klingon, not on your yes, ass. Uh, so this is, uh, uh, I have to promote this. And Tor has marketed this thing like, like, I have never had a publisher market a book like they have marketed Nettle and Bone. They have been just rock solid on it. It is, it is epic. Uh, between them and Titan UK, I am frankly in awe. I can't really keep up. They're like, okay, running a promo today. Can you tweet this? Can you put this thing up? Uh, would you mind changing your Twitter banner to a promo? We have made you the graphic already. You know, here are your Instagram. Like, they're really just knocking it out of the park. And... Uh, it's amazing. Uh, the th we always say we want the publishers to do more marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody, I think, uh, expresses that as the author, this is honestly a little terrifying because it's like we can get you five blog posts and an Instagram tour. And I'm like, oh, okay, but then I have to write the blog post. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's, it's really, it's a, my diamond shoes are too tight. But at the moment, my my diamond shoes are filling with blood because I have a book that's due Friday, and it's already a month past over the, past when the original deadline was. And I went to my editor beforehand and said, "This book is kicking my ass. I can I get a little more time because you know the early part of this year, January had a lot going on." And uh, my mom went and got like some super major surgery called the Whipple procedure, where they resection your innards. And to make sure they've gotten anything that might have looked at cancer funny out. And uh, uh, she was on a feeding tube and shit. It's a, it's a major process. Like, uh, like they used to just lose 15% of the patients on the table kind of process. Wow. It's, it's, yeah. And uh, she says, incidentally, that uh, after two solid months of being nauseated, she was like, you know, I don't know if chemo would have been worse than this. So, uh, but she's better now. She's off the feeding tube. She is no longer so nauseated that she cannot keep food down and which that she couldn't get off the feeding tube because her weight was going down. And yeah, it was, it was terrible. Uh, 
but she's great now. And uh, yes. So anyway, there was a lot going on. And I'm like, I need an extra month. And this is fine. Your editor is almost always willing to accommodate if you just keep them in the loop and are like, I need a month or something. Uh, most of them build some slack into the schedule on the understanding that life happens and writers can be flaky. And also with the pandemic, you know, everybody's like in God knows what weird space. Yeah. So I am like trying to write this book, which I don't know if it's kicking my ass because I am so busy on other things or if this is just one of those books that, it, you know, practically needs an enema to come out. Like this thing is... You need you need the whole like chicken massage when the chicken has the egg that's too the, big the to come out. Egg yeah. bound, yes. I feel egg bound. Yeah. Um, if you're unfamiliar with chickens, uh, these are <laughs> egg bound, and this happens for all egg laying animals, as far as I know. Snakes can get it too. Is basically the egg gets stuck in the cloaca, and this is a problem because they also poop through their cloaca. So if the egg is stuck in there, they can't poop, and eventually they die of terrible sepsis from being backed up horrible thing you don't want it uh there's a very uh uh like trivial version of this that happens in baby chicks called pasty butt where they're they have diarrhea and it plugs their little butt and you have to and uh it it can happen for any number of reasons stress you know strange food temperature problems i don't know how chickens live at all honestly <laughs> it's why my beloved husband uh he of the shaved head and heavy tattoos and death metal was gently uh wiping chick baby chick butts with a damp warm towel last night say yes i know it's so undignified <laughs> uh, because chick got pasty butt anyway so i've been feeling egg bound uh, oh in order to treat egg bound in hens uh you oil their vent with uh, something like Vaseline, and yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. You put them in a warm bath with Epsom salts so they can relax. And the 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 manuals tell you, like, you can take them to a vet if you're the sort of person who takes chickens to a vet. Uh, and if you're not the sort of person who takes chickens to a vet or do not have a vet that will deal with chickens, uh, which is more likely, the absolute last stage, do not do this unless the chicken will die, is you glove up and go in and you don't want to do this because there's a very good chance the egg will break internally and then there's eggshells cutting things up mixed with poop and it's all just terrible but uh it you can do it if you have to and frankly i've been starting to feel like my editor should put on the latex gloves and go in after this book uh that's that's what it's been like i've been writing religiously it's just keeps getting longer and I keep going, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Anyway, on top of all of this, I have a novella out in July, which, and this is for Tor Nightfire, which is a new sort of subdivision of Tor that does horror. And they have been fabulous and they have been promoting the hell out of the book. So it is like having two debut novels at two mostly different, kind of different houses. And they're sending me graphics and, and things, and I probably need to go change my, my banner to the, uh, the What Moves the Dead one now. And uh, they're doing an amazing job of marketing, and it's fantastic. And Titan UK, who is doing all the licensing, is going, yes, we have all these great blurbs, and here's more blog posts to write. And I'm like, I, I, I okay, but I wrote that book ages ago, and... It's a good book. I think I like it now, now that it's been long enough that I can look at it and go, oh, yeah, this is a fun book. But I I need a warm bath with some Epsom salt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was a metaphor that went so many places. It did. And, it did. and no yeah. one is surprised. Uh, someone in chat did say I should know better than to eat while Ursula's on live. Um this is apropos of nothing, but my dogs got, uh, my dogs were at the border when they were, when we were out of town recently, and, um, they got a bath on the way home, and apparently the bath just unhooked all of Tricky's, uh, winter coat, 
So he's shedding horrifically. And the only good news is, well, it's clean. (laughs) So it's clean clumps of black hair all over the house. But I just looked down and he's got like one about ready to dislodge from his back. And so I'm just mentally just talking, thinking about where else I need to um, vacuum today. But... It is a difficult thing. I am, uh, you know, I've had the same thing of people and myself complaining about the lack of marketing support. And I think that's not happening this time. Um, we're having a meeting tomorrow to talk about the marketing. No, Wednesday. Uh, to talk about the marketing plan. And they sent me the marketing plan and it has many pages. And that's like, wow, that's new. And um, I believe... Both you and I have a magazine thing coming up. Not together, but uh, I don't know if I can talk about mine. I don't know if you can talk about yours, but that's also, that was unexpected that happened to me. I had to point out to Ursula that it was a big deal. And um, I I might have realized that being interviewed in this particular magazine was a bigger deal if I hadn't been answering like so many sheets of interview questions yeah as part of the marketing thing it's like okay can you answer these questions how about these questions and and yeah and i'm happy to do it Uh, like it's just you know it's a feast or famine thing the you go so long uh not toiling in obscurity but having like mid-list writer support and then all of a sudden having we are marketing the holy hell out of this support is like yeah um we have uh, a question in the chat which is really good from catwood hey catwood uh is the difference in marketing plans just because they like the book more is that you and ursula are a big deal ursula is a much bigger deal than i am for the record um and i honestly don't know it's kind of it's kind of awkward to ask, I would think. Um, I, I'm also with a new publisher now, so um, it could be that. I think my, that has more to do with it in yeah. most cases. My last uh, original book was, uh, you know, a multiple award nominee. And so it's possible that, that that's why I'm gaining more um, marketing oomph. And it's... It is a weird thing because you think the people who are more well-known would not need as much marketing, but that's not the way this works. And, you know, they're going to spend millions on the next Stephen King and, you know, maybe let Publishers Weekly know about the next second book from a debut author that did not do as well as they'd hoped. They'll, like, they'll, they'll shiny shine up for a debut but then if the debut is not like a hit then the second book is like does anyone know i'm here <laughs> it's kind of scary um i think in my case uh tour is definitely treating me like a debut author basically and this is my first tour book so and they know i'm not i mean it, it, it has nothing to do with like uh, uh whether you have actually published books before it's just the the oomph from a publisher uh, going, you know, okay, we are we are making this one of our tentpole books of the year, and uh, they're really treating it, me like a like P. Kingfisher is, you know, a a new writer, and which is fantastic uh, as far as as the marketing goes, and you know, I don't blame them or anything. <laughs> there is no no. Uh, uh, it's not dismissive of my previous works. It's all an a yeah. in-house kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's also, like Ursula said, it does feel a little bit like diamond shoots are too tight. But when it comes to marketing, they want the author involved. And this is not like publishers telling you that you're responsible for keeping up your social media and doing lots of tweets and me putting out things to my podcast. And that's going to be the marketing plan for the book. It is more like um, they have coverage for you, but you have to show up for that coverage. And either it's video, which is you have to hope you look good and schedule a time, but all you have to do is talk, 
Or it's writing, which you can do anytime in your pajamas. And uh, you can give time to think about the best answer. But it's basically like writing a free 2,000 word story about yourself over and over again. And so it's, it is a lot of work to promote um, if they, you know, the publisher does the work to get you the coverage on X, Y, or Z site, but you have to do the work to do the coverage, which makes sense. My problem is I get so bored with my history. Like, uh, you know, Spider-Man gets a reboot every 10 years, but when I'm writing this, nope, I was still grew up in the West Coast. I still went to college in Minnesota. I still did a webcomic called Digger, and my mom was still an artist, and I'm just like, oh my god, I need, like, a price on books or something, reboot myself just so I stay interested in my, you know, bio that I have to write. Yeah, I think you just need to pick a different thing from your past for every different for every different interview just you know don't lie but just like have you used the teddy bear hamster story in any of your interviews because you should oh no no one's ever asked about that well why would someone ask about it if they don't know there's a teddy bear hamster story to ask about that's true that is true see and we're just going to leave it there as a teaser so that someone will someday ask about the teddy bear hamster in an interview exactly um we have some stuff in the chat. Um, is this the first T. Kingfisher book that's not self-pubbed? No, uh, I wrote two horror novels for Saga, and uh, they both did fine, but uh, Saga was not as aggressive about marketing, and I uh, no shade attaches to my editor there, uh, uh, novel wolf who since went on to to other things she she worked her fingers to the bone on those books and did a fantastic job i'm proud of them but uh they did not have uh the yeah they were kind of uh they came out i told everyone i had new books out i think there were maybe yeah i i honestly i think one of the biggest dri- uh, drivers has been uh Tor.com doing a read-along, ironically. Mm. Sold a lot of copies. So, uh, I mean, and I don't know if Tor is really the the 900-pound gorilla in science fiction fantasy, or yeah. if, if I just, because I know so many people at Tor perceive them as such. It, uh, it yeah, it's a tricky one. But yeah. uh, uh, certainly... They, the two horror novels were not uh, promoted to the extent that uh, these do. I think Tor may have simply have a bigger marketing share or uh, may have a bigger budget or, you know, pick your, pick your poison. Yeah. Um, there's, there's several questions about uh, mostly do my own marketing. Is there... Sorry, phone's ringing. Um is there anything an author can do if they don't feel the publisher doing enough? Um, what Preemie does is drink heavily under her desk because they've done mud budging. No, no, they've done nudging. And that's painful. I'm sorry, Preemie. Um, yeah, it's what you can do, God. I mean, if we knew what would sell a book... Uh, I would not be 93 on the bestseller list <laughs> for one week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think right now, actually, and um, one, one of the people I, I came to today to help me panic host at the last minute um, was my buddy Grant Pachoco. He is not an author, but he does, uh, he's done podcast writing. He does a lot of, uh, right now he's doing a lot of TikTok stuff. And, um, I wanted to talk to him about, you know, video and promotion and how people, I feel so fucking old when it comes to TikTok. I really do. It's depressing. Um, because like, like Moby Dick, I get caught up on one thing, which is I can't, like, people on Twitch have had videos pulled for having a copyrighted wind 
in their game that was on a sound effects disc that is copyrighted. So it was a copyright violation for them to play this game and play this wind sound on their stream. And TikTok, you can do anything, anything, any music, any stealing from comedians, anything, apparently, anything. So it's, 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 it's hard to get off that soapbox and keep looking into it. But, um, I think what TikTok has managed to do is create the interactive social media thing that nobody else has managed to do because there's a lot of stitching together. There's a lot of, I'm going to ask a question and everybody who hears it will answer. And I'm going to post something wild and have you do a reaction video to it. And, and, uh, one of my favorites, I think uh, Daniel, yeah, they managed to do Twitter with video. Yes. And, um, you know what? I think I mentioned this on a previous episode, or previous stream, but uh, Daniel posted in our Discord about um, apparently a woman was reading a Star Wars book and gets on TikTok and reads a line and tags the author and says, "Did you just put Baby Shark in Star Wars?" <laughs> and then the next thing was the author stitching it together with her just giggling. So it's like, I think what we need to do when it comes to marketing ourselves is figure out shit like that. And I don't know where, I actually I do know where to start. I'm going to start with having Grant on, even though Grant was unable to help co-host today. Uh, I do want him on the show and we're going to plan something with a little bit more lead time next time so he can talk about that because he's doing like magical stuff at TikTok. I don't know. But yeah, I seriously. The problem is you have to find whatever is the the thing where the people are and that will change from book to book. Like yeah. five years ago, uh, I would have told you you have to be on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And uh, five years before that, you had to be on Facebook. And five years before that, I don't know, you probably had to be on Live Journal. So it's, uh, uh, okay, m my chronology may be a little dicey. Yeah, a little off. You stayed on Live Journal a lot longer than several people, but um, yes. anyway, but yes, it does need to change, and that sucks. But um, when it comes to what you have control over, um, social media is a big one. And um, doing something that's not specifically about your book, but mentioning your book. For example, like my podcast, I do, I, you know, when I die, I want to be known as an author, but uh, I do these podcasts that I talk about writing and mention my books during them. I try to mention my books during my live streams when they're not even talking about writing. And, um, you know, there's, there's get to be known for something else or, I don't know. It's it's all very difficult. Or start the Daily Dracula and just plagiarize somebody else's stuff. It's not plagiarizing if it's public domain. Well, I'm not I a lawyer. I don't think the Daily Dracula is, is plagiarism in any sense, really. No, it's I'm, not, yeah, I but, was teasing. Uh, I mean, no one... Uh, what's the truism? 10% uh, of marketing works. It's just nobody knows what 10% it is. Yeah. The uh, uh, one thing that moves a lot of copies for me in self-pub is that the tenant farmer, uh, Shepherd, who lives down the road on a chunk of property that I have, is always uh, begins making these bizarre promises, often without my knowledge or permission, <laughs> that if I sell, uh, you know, if there are... 500 pre-orders of the hardback then uh he will uh film me leading one of his oxen around and i'm scared of the oxen because they weigh like a thousand pounds and uh or uh i think if we got uh, 700 or so or like if we did like 200 hardcover sales of metal and bone in x amount of time i would read poetry to sheep and I still have to upload the video because I read the entire entirety of the Raven to a very unimpressed flock of sheep. Uh, you probably should I have mean, done more voices. Uh, well, or had a Baltimore Ram, accent. Uh, the Ram was fascinated. The Ram watched me the whole time, like 
I don't know what the hell is going on, but I am intrigued. Most of the other sheep were not. Uh, one of the goats kept bumping me in the rear mm. for some reason. But uh, yeah, I really got to upload that video. The I, I got into it too. I mean, I, I was I was chewing the scenery because if you're going to do the raven and your audience does not give a shit and is chewing their cud, by God, you are going to start screaming, you know. Chew back at uh, them. Uh, yeah. The, the, and now I'm driving complete blank on any line from the Raven. Just yell uh, about Lenore and say nevermore and stuff. Yes. Um, and my heart from out that shadow shall be lifted nevermore. Yeah, that sort of thing. Nice. Nice. Uh, but, and, I mean, okay. Is moving 200 copies a big deal in the grand scheme of things? No. But moving 200 hardcovers on pre-order uh, doesn't suck. Yeah. Because I, I think people do not necessarily realize how few copies a, a uh, hardcover book necessarily sells. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you're not one of the huge, uh, big dealies. Like, um, yeah, I, uh, usually you wind up on a bestseller list for... Uh, 10,000 copies kind of thing is is often yeah. enough to get you on a bestseller list, unless it's Christmas, in which case, you know, you have to be Stephen King. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as for marketing yourself, I mean, if Ursula and I knew that, then our previous books would have been bestsellers. Um, you know, I, I never know how much to say about this because it's true and it's a while ago, but it still feels like saying bad things. But anyway, I did not feel that my editor, um, my six weeks was orphaned. My editor left halfway through, um, production. Luckily they still put it out, which they didn't have to. A lot of people get their books dropped when their editor leaves. Um, so I'm grateful for that, but, um, it did not have a lot of support and, um, it was, I tried to do what I could to um, to promote it, but, I mean, it's hard. You can't... See, here's the deal. You can't get in Library Journal yourself. You can't get in Publishers Weekly by yourself. Um, I know Publishers Weekly has a self-pub newsletter. I haven't looked too much into it. I need to do more. But, I mean... Um, and these are all hours in the day that you could spend writing the book. Yes. Is, for example, do exactly. Friday. Exactly. Yeah, that which is the other problem is any time you spend marketing is time you are not spending writing the book. Yeah. So, um, you know, getting it in, finding out who influencers are, and I'm saying that in a more of when someone says, I just read this book and it's awesome, people listen. I'm not talking about people who go up to ice cream people and say, I'm an influencer, give me free food, because they're assholes. But um, there's, yeah, somebody who was big on um, a Hugo, uh, it kept a Hugo database of like keeping track of the books throughout the year and everything else. So you would like read something and think, this is amazing. I want it to win an award. And, you know, if you think that in March, by the time it comes to nominate books, you might have forgotten about that. So he started this thing and he was talking about my book being an award nominated thing, like right after it came out, which shocked the hell out of me. Um, so of I don't know. We're shocked. What? None of the rest of us were shocked, but. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it, it's, so I think, you know, having him talk, talk my book up helped, but, you know, I really, I don't know. I, which is why I think going to social media, at least you can see people interacting with it. It's not like buying Facebook ads or anything. It's just, you know, you talk about your book and you see if anybody responds or you talk about something else and mention you have a book and see if anyone responds. Um, or, you know, get a friend on your show to talk about TikTok and teach you how to do it and then go on there and see what you can figure out. You know, there's a, uh, uh, two, two thoughts rattling around my brain. One is the problem is that people will say with remarkable authority, I did X and X works. Yeah. 
so everybody just needs to do X. I'm thinking of BookBub. There was a brief period where BookBub was like, like a dozen authors used it. They were ground floor. It totally sold a kajillion of their books. Wonderful, beautiful. But then they spent years saying, oh, you just need to go on BookBub, even after it had become, uh, you know, uh, flooded with content and you couldn't get noticed anymore. Yeah. Uh, which is the usual thing. You know, something is small and people and people find uh, and there's discoverability and then everybody discovers it and they all put their stuff on it and then you can't find anything anymore. This is uh, this happens a lot with uh, art websites. This is what uh, I feel about when people ask me if I sh if they should uh podcast their fiction and i'm like podcasting your fiction now i have no idea podcasting your fiction back in 2005 pretty good idea yeah it's uh yeah and and so depend the, the thing is that uh, uh be aware that any success you have with a thing may not work on the next book yeah and also that anyone who tells you x will work see when x worked for them i mean at the the extreme end uh there are still people in sci-fi literary circles who will tell you that uh what you really need to do to get an editor to pay attention to your thing is to uh, uh print out a new copy of it because probably it's kind of creased and stained from going through so many rejections and <laughs> oh wow yeah uh, don't like submit that. stories with coffee cup stains on them and yeah yeah uh right so uh yeah, which uh that that inter incidentally is not a hypothetical example yeah I, uh, I had a friend who said he went to a talk about um how to handle money as an author but it was by the guy who did the notebook and most of his um advice had to do with what to do with your first million <laughs> so thanks cool yeah that's, cool. that's helpful the other thing is that uh, uh i i hate the pivot to video i hate it so much yeah i hate, uh, i realize the irony of saying this as i am here on video but i have never liked video as a medium i am self-conscious about the way i look uh let's be honest if you're fat you there is something there is a strike against you in marketing usually that you are gonna have to find a way to overcome so yes i should do more TikTok. uh when i do it i usually wear a bandana and go on as the masked gardener nice so, yeah i, like I yeah uh it's those of us who are not uh conventionally attractive uh and i am gonna say categorically that i think this is probably worse for women and almost certainly yeah. worse for people of color, uh, you're going to, you know, get a lot of shit that you might not want to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, thank you for bringing that up. I, I should have uh, also. It's, yeah, especially with the pivot to video, people are going to give you their opinion on whatever. I, yeah. And yeah. I... I also don't like listening to videos that much. I like, uh, I like reading things. I am uh, perpetually enraged when I have a problem in a video game and I'm like, okay, how do I get past this one bit? Here's a 20 minute video walkthrough. No, I just want one line of yeah. text that tells me where to find the widget. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm the same, especially, it's really bad when I have a question about streaming and I know I don't want to watch your video on streaming. I want a list that I can read and do. I don't want to see your cool opening. I don't, and you know, I realize this is completely hypocritical because I have this show, but this show is not specifically telling you how to do TikTok. Scroll forward to minute 18. Um, and also you can just listen to this in audio. It's not like we're that's doing true. Yeah. yeah yeah you're not missing a whole bunch there's no like subliminal messages that the video people are getting um the only bonus you get from watching is we have a little bit of off the record patter before and after but uh besides that there's you, there, you just get to see our beautiful faces and uh, ursula's garden and my fancy green screen background which i will point out is is pretty spectacular it is it is spectacular I am panning the camera now, people at home, so they can see parts of the garden. Yep. 
However, because of the way I position my camera, you cannot see that I am currently sitting surrounded by bags of potting soil and at least one trash bag uh, for all of the junk that accumulates in the garden. So uh, you're, you're getting the fancy view. Fancy view. Thank you. Thank you for giving us the fancy view. Um, we have gotten off on the awful, awful marketing topic, and I'm saying awful because we don't have any good answers, not awful because people were asking questions about it. It is absolutely legit and would love it for someone to answer that question for good, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, only, I, I will say, be kind to yourself, do self-care, and don't do stuff you're uncomfortable with. Um, you know, it's it's... If you know that that if you're uncomfortable doing it, and I'm not talking about the do one thing that scares you every day um, discomfort. I'm talking about the you're liable to get harassment for whatever reason. Um, yeah, it's unfair it's to ask you to put, you know, to ask you to run across that highway. So um, if any of this makes you uncomfortable, really, really uncomfortable, don't do it. Because it's just, it's not worth your mental health. It really isn't. Um yeah, but, uh, so I am doubly honored that you came on the show, Ursula, because, uh, knowing that you have the deadline on Friday, my deadline is, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, and I was a little relieved about when I had to cancel this show that, that I would have a little bit of time to write, and then you're just like, no, I could be there at 1230, I'm like, all right, if Ursula could be there, I can be there, damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry, too. No, thank you, thank you for, for being available, so, uh... Metaphorically speaking, not metaphorically speaking, I'm going to give you the metaphor. You give me the real answer. Uh, okay. What is your uh, chicken Epsom salt bath massage going to be this week since you clearly have to figure something out? Uh, it's, uh, I am playing a lot of a game called Medieval Dynasty. Okay. Which is a medieval city builder uh, where you literally, sorry, bird. Uh, you literally have to uh, build the town yourself with a hammer. And with a you hammer? To, yeah, you have to go collect the wood and and shoot the deer and to feed your villagers. It, it's like a first-person city builder. And it's very uh, soothing in... I'm not really mindless, but it requires just enough concentration that I can do it and the back half of my brain is still worrying over, you know, plot stuff. So I, uh, it's basically, I get up, I eat lunch or brunch or breakfast or whatever meal I have. I write, uh, I was writing a thousand words a day. Now I'm at the write as much as humanly possible. Yeah. And... Then I go, uh, like, eat dinner. Uh, fortunately, Kevin is handle handles all the cooking or the getting takeout. And then I just go, like, shove my brain into I am a, you know, 11th century peasant. And yeah. I'm going to, I oh, I am very excited. I have finally managed to save up enough to purchase the recipe for gruel. <laughs> I'm not Congratulations. Kidding. Yes. I'm I'm very excited. I, I don't have the stuff to make gruel, but by God now I know how. Yeah. I uh I I I've been want there's two games I really want on the Switch. And um I've been I, I don't know if I'm holding them for reward or what, but part of me just thinks if I buy it, I'm not gonna do anything with it because um, I'm replaying Rune Factory 4, and Rune Factory 4 has, it's got a lot of really awful gendered stuff, and it's got, um, the plot is kind of dumb, and the, you the shapeshifters, and then you can romance them. Yeah, kind of. Um, but one of the guys that you can romance, um, after killing multiple monsters, often by yourself, a guy harasses you in the city's courtyard and your beloved blames you. And I'm just like, no, we're not, we're, we're not together anymore, dude. This is, for one thing, I, 
I should not know better than to go out alone because I killed you when you were a boss monster. Do you remember that? But also just the whole, like, blaming the woman for being harassed is just, yeah. But it's got a lot of fun farming. Really fun farming. You can, you can plant shields and you can plant swords and you can plant a plant that turns into a dungeon. So when it gets to be mature, you go inside of it and then you go down several levels and have just a, an adventure. And it is so much fun. And I've gotten to the point where the uh, dragon who's in charge of the city has uh, fainted and fallen unconscious. And because it's a dragon and she's big, she's just kind of just lying down in the main area. She's not like somewhere safe. And it's fastest to go from the courtyard to your garden by running through the main area. So I am running over a unconscious dragon who's very ill and is supposedly I'm worried about. Um, and I feel a little bit, a little bad about that, but not too bad. But that's been where my, my, I must go and be mindless, uh, feelings have gone because I'm just needing to be more worried about my turnips than, uh, this dying dragon. Well, that's, that's all the open world stuff is like that. Like uh, playing Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West, which I enjoyed enormously. It's like, there is, there is one month until the collapse of the biosphere yes. become irreversible. And I'm like, okay, yes, I could do that. Or I could go play the racing mini game. Yes, I was going to bring up the racing mini game. Yes, yes. Yeah. Clearly, this is important for the future of the world is how fast I go on this race course. Wait, did you, did you win it? I the don't think game? I've finished it yet. I'm not sure if I won the, the last one or not. If you win the last one, uh, you played the first Horizon Zero yes. Dawn, right? There is a big reveal in okay. uh, once you once you win. A, and clearly, a I'm not one. Not expect shows up. Okay, that's exciting. So there is a reason you just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. yeah. So it, yeah, but you don't actually like run through the Nora lands as they're starving because they can't farm because the biosphere is failing as you're riding and and doing these adventures you're not like stepping on them literally to to continue your racing i don't think so no but, i don't know but uh yeah uh all of my all of my warm bath with epsom salts uh, seems to be mostly video games and then I go to fall asleep and I uh, uh, think, okay, what's, what is, what are we writing tomorrow? What is the plot going to be? And since I have trained my anxiety brain, instead of being, what if my husband has died in the night next to me? It, uh, it, instead of doing that, it, uh, it has been trained to uh, work on the book. So, because it, 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 the brain, the anxiety brain wants to make up a story Mostly it wants to make up a story about something horrible happening, but I can usually convince it that like, okay, the story we're going to make up is what horrible thing happens to the protagonist next. And it's like, okay, that sounds great. Yeah. So uh, I get a lot of writing done uh, right before I fall asleep. And then I just have to write it down the next day coherently. That's excellent. Um well, my dogs are panting because it's getting really hot in here, and I need to go right, and so do you. Um, uh, if you are new to me, I am Mer Lafferty. This is Ditch Diggers. It's uh, normally every Monday at noon, and then we put it on our podcast feed, which you can find at merverse.com. I also stream I Should Be Writing, and when it's not May and I don't have a book due, I also stream some games, but that's going on hold for the rest of the month. Um... But yeah, twitch.tv slash MightyMers, where you can find me live. Please follow. Thank you for the follows. Um, of course, I'm Bob, Jabberwocky Pie. And thank you for the resub, Tish. Good to see you. Um, I think that's it for me. I'm going to look to see who we can uh, raid while Ursula promotes herself. Uh, yes, uh, Nettle and Bone is the book that is out right now. And uh, What Moves the Dead is a horror novella coming in July. And it occurs to me, we never did actually answer the question, Mur. Did we not? What was the no. question? Uh, about uh, what what we do, uh, your favorite baby, which one you... Oh, yeah. 
I think right now my favorite baby has to be the book I'm writing, because if I'm thinking this is worse than the book that's coming out in October, what the hell am I doing? Well, that's a fair answer. Yeah, but so I'm I'm going to be putting a lot of my effort in the next two weeks to writing this, finishing this book and turning it in. And then after that, I can promote the other book. Excellent. Uh, and you? Yes. Oh, uh, no, I, I am consumed with, uh, with, uh, I am always appalled by the book I'm working on. Uh, I, but, uh, when I go back and reread the books that are coming out now that I'm promoting, I'm usually like, damn, I didn't do a good job on those. So on some level, I know that, uh, I will not hate this book when it finally comes out. Probably. Probably. But, uh, well, you know. Yeah, I know. Don't the first time. Um, also, I keep forgetting to promote. You can win a cop, win arc of uh, Station Eternity if you sign up over at Goodreads. The link is in the chat, and it will be in the show notes as well. Um, we're gonna raid Space Valkyries because uh, they have an awesome, fun, chill stream, and um, we're gonna do that. If you could do hashtag Merraid, and uh, yeah. Any of my emotes are fine. Just say hello, and then I'll be back tomorrow at 3. I think I'll have Jen Udden with me, which is sudden. I also tried to get her to uh, come uh, co-host, and it's not that Ursula was my last choice. It's just that Ursula already schedules time to be on Ditch Diggers, and I didn't want to ask for more from her. So I uh, didn't want to make it sound like you're okay. the... Saving up for when I need a kidney. Yes, of course. <laughs> oh, shit. I gotta worry about that. Hi, Jordan. I'm sorry you arrived at the end, but you arrived. Welcome. And thank you for the resub, Catwood. And I think that's all I need to say. Um, thank you all very much. And especially for your patience in showing up late. Uh, people people have gushed about what moves the dead and uh, nettle and bone in the chat, Ursula. I don't know if you've seen. but. Hey! No, I haven't. I don't have the chat up. All right. So uh, Jordan loves what moves the dead, and I forget who, but someone earlier, I think it was uh, Jabberwocky Pie, said uh, they love Nettle and Bone, and they're trying to get all their friends to read it so that Yay. they can talk about it. Which, so. as marketing goes, there's nothing that beats word of mouth, and that is the truth. Yes, exactly. That's really it. Get people to talk about it. That'll help. Released under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Our music is from Devo Spice, devospice.com. This is a free show that is funded by our patrons. You can help out at patreon.com slash mightymurr.